dear listeners, I'm recording this in the hope that this can be a helpful resource in these crazy and horrific times we're in. I myself, I'm living in a, in a daze with a constant fog and feeling so incredibly emotionally drained. And I don't, I don't feel worthy to give this message. But I was urged by various listeners and friends to give a message and a resource for parents. As a nation, we are going through horrible times. It is, it's truly not to be believed. And as parents, we have such a difficult job because we need to parent our children like usual, being there for them in the usual ways and in helping them also to process and cope what is going on, each in a way that is appropriate for their age, while at the same time we ourselves are struggling. And as such, I'm hopeful that this can be helpful for you to know how to parent during this crisis. First things first, when we, when we think about how we can be normal with our children and act like nothing is going on versus, you know, when should we be more serious? I think it's really important for us to realize children should not have to feel our burden and our sadness. It is fascinating to see in school that students, after being in an assembly with us where we go through, you know, a whole information about what's going on and we say different capital of Tehillim, and then after they ask many questions and they go back to class, that's it. For them, they're done. I asked their teachers afterwards, you know, did they, did they get any more questions? Where were they? How are they doing? And every teacher told me that they didn't. They didn't get any more questions. And that's because kids need to be kids. They can't live in the sadness the way that we do. So we need to be able to compartmentalize and be able to, to separate it. And which, which goes to the next part, which is just as equally, equally important as compartmentalizing is to take care of ourselves. We have to be able to separate it and we have to be able to take our own temperature. Where are we holding? If we are not in a good place and we're not in a place to handle the daily challenges of parenting and post-school and bedtime and making lunches and putting snacks and all those things, then it's better for us to tap out. Ask your partner for help. Because that's what they are. They're a partner. They're, they're there to help you in your times when you are down. And it's better for us to take ourselves out than to try to do it with all of our emotions and anxiety. Because guess what? Our children are going to feel those emotions and anxiety, which may lead, it could potentially lead to tense interactions, which we want to avoid as much as possible now. Now, in, in another point for us to consider is that as a parent, Everything about this becomes so much more real because we see images or videos of what they are doing to children. I, I, I cannot erase from my memory the horrific image that I saw of, of children. And I, I'm not going to go into detail because I don't want to, I don't want any of you to have to think about it. But we then, sometimes as parents, we sometimes imagine ourselves or our children in these situations which can take our emotions to a whole new level. And that's why, number one, we have to take care of ourselves. We have to take our temperature. That means that maybe we shouldn't view the news as much as we have. Maybe we shouldn't be looking at these videos, these horrific videos, because if we're concerned about being emo and ochi, but sorry about empathizing, we, we've, we've seen a lot. We can empathize. 
But to keep viewing more and more, it really, it takes an emotional toll. Now, this brings us to the next point. How do we talk to our children? How do we deal with their various emotions? First things first, preparation is key. I love this quote. I've said it before. If you fail to prepare, you are preparing to fail. And this conversation is so important. It must be a conversation where the parent is fully prepared for the questions. The parent has to come into the conversation with facts ready, with answers that encourage more questions, through giving confidence that you as the parent are ready to talk. Now, these conversations will look different at different ages. For younger children, maybe let's talk about ages 6 through 10, when we speak with young children about stressful and scary situations, the most important thing we can do is to validate having big feelings. It's normal. It's okay. It's okay for them to be confused. It's okay for them to be worried. And at the same time, we have to regulate the way that we talk to them because our voice and our body language, how we are truly feeling will come through. And therefore, we, like I said before, we need to take our own temperature. How are we doing? Are we really okay? We should, I think it's important not to watch news around younger children and to be careful about what we discuss around younger children. I was speaking to a parent the other day in school who was telling me that they felt that they prepared their child and then their child was in shul and was hearing all of these different things or their child was on the bus and they heard all these different things. We have to be very careful about what we say to our children or what we are discussing around our children or what conversations our parents, our children are going to be hearing because they're going to see or hear things that they're not yet prepared for. They're not emotionally ready to handle those things. They're not at a maturity level. They're not developmentally ready and therefore they will be so quickly overwhelmed. When we do speak to them, if they have questions, be truthful, answer their questions. We got various questions in school after after talking to the students, the, especially the first through fourth graders, and they they had great questions, valid questions. We didn't sugarcoat anything. We had to talk to them in a way that is age age appropriate. We don't have to give too many details. For example, one of the children asked, "How many people have died?" It's a great question. It's understandable. Students and children, especially at that age, they want to have a finite number that they can wrap their heads around, but. We have to be cautious not to provide so many details that they can't process. They, they understand, they sense when we are feeling anxious and when we're concerned. And we, we can even tell them that we're going to be a little bit more anxious right now. We might be looking at our phones a little bit more, we might be watching more news at this time. But that's not something that they have to carry that burden. I want to read a story to you. This is the story that my colleagues at WTA put out. It has been an incredible resource for people all around the world. It's a perfect story to use to talk to your children. I will share the link in the show notes as well. And it's, it's a perfect way to talk to your children in an age-appropriate way for them to know what's happening and to have the preparation that they need to know what just what's happening because also we want to make sure our children know enough of what's happening so that they don't get caught you know, when they're in school, on the bus, in shul, and hear people talking and not knowing, and then they don't really have a way to process it, and they're hearing it from other people as opposed to you. 
You, so this is a great story to help them to process it. And you can follow along. If you're watching on the video, you'll follow along as I go through the pages of the story. And I'll give a, a, a little explanation for the different parts of how you can talk it out for, 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 with, with your children. Okay. So this book that was made by my, by my, uh, my colleagues, Nellie Harris and Jen Vig, it's called There is a War in Israel. It's adapted from the, the Hebrew book by Leah Kaufman and Bat Chembera. And they, they made it into a more English-friendly book. You can access it at the link again. Let's get started. For many years, Israel has argued with its neighbors. And we know, we know that Israel is, is, is tiny. We, explain, we can explain that to our children. Israel is tiny. And they've always not had such, you know, the, the, the neighbors have always not loved them. As a result, right now, Israel is in war. What does that mean? In a war? People want what the other group has, and it's very important to them. Now, we can explain to our children at this time that sharing, we know that sharing is caring. It's something that we, we bring our children up with, it's something that we want our children to value. So some children might ask, well, then why aren't they sharing here? And it's a great question. And the answer is that sometimes it's too hard, and sometimes people are not willing to share. Kind of like what's going on in this picture over here. The, the other side is not willing to share. They're not willing to be okay with the fact that it is our land. And even if, they, even if we've given them parts of the land, it's not enough for them. In a time of war, we might see that the grown-ups around us pay extra attention to the news on TV or on their phones. As I said this already before, it's important to give them that heads up. And for them not to feel like, why are you ignoring me? Why are you paying more attention to that? Give them, the, give them the context of what is happening. Our parents and grown-ups might seem different, a bit worried or even sad. Normalize it for them. Normalize this for your children to, to realize it's, it's, it's a time that, that my parents will be sad, and it's not going to be forever, but it's going to be a little bit different around. Giving them that, that heads up. They might be thinking about the soldiers who are fighting to protect the people in Israel. If, at this time, is a good opportunity to talk to our children about, you know, our family that we may have in Israel or our friends that we may have in Israel. For many, many, many of our, you know, many, many people have some sort of connection with someone in Israel. And it's, it's a hard thing because when, when our children think about Israel and they think war in Israel, so they think, wow, everyone is in war. And it's important to explain. We have chayalim, we have we have soldiers, chayalim and chayalot, who are protecting the people, and th those are people who we need to keep in mind right now. And our families, hopefully, are are safe. And 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 even though, yes, obviously, it's not a fully safe situation. At the same time, for them to to be able to have some sort of connection with their family. So one one thing, one suggestion I would suggest is if you have family in Israel. For both sides, this could be very helpful to have them have a conversation. If you know, if you can have them do a FaceTime or WhatsApp video call, a Zoom, it could be so helpful both for our children here in America to be able to to see them and to relate. Wow, like I, I see them. Okay, so like I see that they are there and they're okay. And it's also so great for the children in Israel who probably are not in school right now. Most most children are not able to be in school right now. It gives them an activity and it gives them the connection that they so badly want that they're not having because they're not in, in school. 
they might be also be thinking about friends, family, and people they know in Israel and praying for their safety. So like that's, that, that's it. also what we just spoke about. When you notice that people around you are feeling stressed or sad, you might want to give them a hug, bring them a cup of water, hold their hand, or tell them how much you love them. This is such a great thing. It gives our children an action when they see a parent who's looking sad, or maybe they see a teacher who's looking sad, to go give them a hug or to just tell them how much you love them if you don't feel comfortable with the touch or to bring them something. It gives children something that they could feel like they're actually doing something and helping out. It's okay to have big feelings. It's okay to feel worried or sad or nervous or confused or any other feeling. It is so normal. We, every person is going to react differently to this. And it's okay. Some people might be totally indifferent. And some people will be very sad. Some people will be very confused. So many different feelings. And it's okay. It is so okay. There are things that we can do to help us feel calmer. We can read a favorite book. We can hug a stuffed animal. We can listen to a song. Or we can pray to Hashem. We can also practice taking deep breaths. And you can even show, show the child. As if we are slowly smelling a flower and blowing out a candle. And you could do that a few times. We can also look around and count the number of things that we see around us and name them out loud. Sometimes just having something to distract you takes your mind off it, even just momentarily, can be so helpful. In the past, there have been many wars in Israel. They all came to an end, and this one will too. I myself, and many of the listeners I'm sure, have lived through different wars that have happened in Israel. And Baruch Hashem, they have all come to an end. And this one will too. And that gives the children hope. Gives the children hope and, re and realization. Wow, my parent went through, has lived through a war that happened in Israel. And, it, and, and, it, and it, it came to an end. So this one can too. That is, that's the end of the book. I think it's, it's so important for us to review these points. and to You can just read this book with, with your children. It will be so helpful to give them all the information they need of what is going on right now. Also, just, just to share, you know, after we read this book to students in school, to the first through fourth graders, so we got a bunch of different questions. And one of the questions that we got was, you know, a child asks so, so purely, can our tefillos, can our tefillah be so powerful to, to get to Hashem, to stop it? And it's such a powerful question, and it's such an innocent question. And it's an important question that we give our children the right answer to. It's important for our children to know that Hashem is always listening to our tefillos. The thing is, we just don't know exactly what He will do with our tefillah. Right? There are basically three options of what Hashem will be saying. Sometimes the answer will be yes. Sometimes the answer will be no. And sometimes it's a maybe or it's a not yet. So our tefillos have tremendous power, and our children should understand that, that, they, that their tefillos are being listened to. And it is so important for our, for our children to know in terms of the power of tefillah, especially the power of, 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 of tefillah of children, is that there's a medrash with Mordechai specifically gathering children to daven for the salvation of the Jewish people during the Purim story. Why? Because Mordechai knew that Hashem loves the tefillos of children. And it's an important message for our children to hear, to know that despite our, our 
Artifilos have tremendous power, and despite them having power, that doesn't mean we always get what we want, which is a good message also for us to give over to our children, that just like in life, we can't always get what we want. And, and, and that might be the case here too. And, and, some, and a couple of the students wanted to also to know some more details. They wanted to know, let's say, for example, how many, how many people have died so far. And I think it's important for us to know we don't need to give our children a number. We could just say it's a big number or it's a lot because we don't want to overwhelm them with those details that they're not re yet ready to handle. So that's in terms of the, the younger children when we're talking about children the ages of 6 through six through 10. So moving along now to children ages 11 through 14. As you get, get a little bit older, so they're they're in a little bit more of a developmental stage where they can have they we have to first of all we have to realize that they've already heard a lot. Our children have heard a lot, whether in shul on some Torah, or on their first or second day back in school, on the bus. The children learn a lot on the bus, which also goes for younger children. They learn a lot on the bus as well, and they're going to need our help to process because sometimes if we don't give them the conversation enough beforehand. So really, they're going to need us to step in to help them to process and to help them to temper their outlaws. So how do we do that? First things first, we need to just listen. Before we talk, just listen. Listen to hear what your children are saying. Some children in this developmental age are going to want to talk, and some will really not want to talk. And we have to respect that. We have to read their body language. That's, this is key, especially when dealing with middle school children and, and, and teenage children, you know, high school children as well. To, we have to read their body language. Take the lead from them. Get a, sense how, get a sense of what they're feeling and also get a sense of what they know. A simple question. Again, listen first. What have you heard? And just listen to them. Ask them, how is that making you feel? And just listen. And you, the most important part is to be prepared to engage in those difficult conversations. Like I said before, you need to prepare. You need to be ready. You need to be honest and direct. But again, don't feel the need to go into extreme detail. Middle school children know how to get information. And I think, number one, we have to be careful. This is very important. I'm sure you maybe, maybe got already a message about this. We have to be monitoring where they're getting their information. Many, many, many sources are, are saying that we should make sure to delete have our children delete Instagram and TikTok because of the images and, and, and videos that are being that are going to be shown or that have already been shown that are horrifying, that our children are not should never see. Now, at the same time, if we're telling them to filter what they're looking at, they have to know that they can rely on you for the truth. Now, I also want to say with a caveat, it is okay to not have an answer for every question. It's okay. It's okay to say, I don't know. We are, you, this is an opportunity to model for your children how to respond to uncertainties. They're going to they're gonna look to us to see, how are we dealing with it? How are we dealing with scary situations? How are we dealing with, how are we dealing with situations that make us feel scared, with nervous, with stress? How do we do it? We have to offer them hope. Now, when we talk about offering them hope, I don't want to be too unrealistic because middle schoolers, as they're getting more and more developmentally, you know, to a point where they can understand, they know if we're giving them, you know, a, a view of the world, that's not realistic. That's not true. So 
So that's number one. Number two, for a middle schooler, as they're getting older, they can actually, they want to, and they can contribute to the world to, to help. So helping them find ways. So for example, number one, to heal them and, and explaining, like we said before, the, the, the impact of, of the tefillos of younger children. Tefillah. And as something that I mentioned on, on, on Instagram is I, you know, one of my, a lot of people are collecting things right now to be sent to Israel. Take your children with you to a store, go to a Target, go to a Walgreens, take them with you, fill up a shopping cart or as much as you're willing to spend, obviously, but fill up a shopping cart and have your children do it with you. And you're able to teach them there the concept of empathy, of giving to others in a really strong way, something actionable that they can do. And they can do it right now. It's, it's a huge thing. Also, NCSY has put out ways to adopt a chayal and having set time that you're going to think about the chayal. Things, things like that. These are very important things that can help a child to really connect with what's going on in a, in a more positive way. Also important with middle schoolers and teens to be on the lookout for changes in mood, behaviors, daily habits, if they're, if they're not eating, if they're not sleeping. Now, there is no right or wrong emotional response to fear anxiety. And if, if your child's you know, feelings or their distress is, is, is severe or it's getting in the way of their daily functioning, so we need to, we really, we really need to take action. We should, we should talk to their doctor. We should talk to a mental health professional to help them out. Now, moving on to ages 14 to 18, similar to middle school, we have to be prepared for the tough conversations with even more depth. Questions like, why do bad things happen to good people? That's, that's a common question. I, when I was teaching in high school last year, I got that question very frequently. When I was, and even and now when I'm, you know, in, in my role at, at WTA as principal and, 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 teach, and teaching with middle school students, I've gotten that question as well. So it's, it's something that, that, that they're thinking, that they think about, and they want to know, they want to understand what is going on. And we should validate them. And we should explain that God and his ways are by definition beyond our comprehension. And there's much more to say on that, but just that's an important idea for, for our, our children to understand. Another thing that is maybe perhaps a little bit more unique by teenagers, even maybe even more than middle schoolers, is that they have an ability to empathize in a way that younger children don't, which can sometimes lead them to have very strong emotions, too strong emotions, which should be validated. And if it's a little too strong for them, we should suggest a healthy distraction for them. As I said before, we are modeling right now coping strategies. So if we are going to be modeling, let's make sure that we're modeling healthy coping strategies. It's okay for them to see that it's difficult, but it's important for them to see our strength and stability during this time. Share explicitly. Be explicit with your children during this time. This is how I cope and why it is helpful to you. So for example, let's say for me, if I'm feeling stressed, Maybe I do some breathing exercise and I go and take a brief walk. Or I want to go for a run. I want to go play some basketball. I want to go and learn some Torah. And then explaining, that's helpful to me because it helps take my mind off. Or it gets my, you know, the movement helps me. Whatever it is, that gives your children the, the framework to understand, okay, when I'm feeling stressed, maybe I can try some of those things out as well. They're learning from you how to respond to a crisis. They also, another, another important point, 
is that our, our children don't know how much of their time, energy, and headspace they should be investing in, you know, in, in actions to help, in following the news. And it's valuable for them to see our focus on the issue as well as that we don't become too overwhelmed or too obsessive in an unhealthy way. Of course, sometimes we do. We do become overwhelmed from time to time, and that, that's normal. But we don't want to th- our children to think that that is the ideal goal. Also, remember, as we said before, this is a time there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a little bit more tension, or maybe a lot more tension in the home. So we need to make sure to be be cognizant of that, and therefore think about how we are going to interact with our children. I hope that these these tips of of how to talk to your children, as well as thinking about just in general the the situation for as 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 parents of what you're going through in terms of yourself and, and making sure that you feel emotionally healthy. I hope that this can be helpful to you. And if you need more guidance, please, please feel free to reach out. You can email at yair at genoff.org. You can message on, on, on Instagram. I, I've been getting messages throughout the past couple of days, ever since posting some tips on, on Instagram. So many parents reaching out, you know, my, my child is, is, is scared because they have more, they're increasing security at their school. And, and you know what, that is normal to be, to be scared about. And, and you should validate that, like I said, and then to also explain it's, it feels scary because it looks scary. And at the same time, it's actually more safe. You have more security. So there's, if anything, maybe less to be afraid of, less to be scared about. Those are the types of things that, that I'm sure your children are thinking about. And feel free, really, please reach out. I just want to be helpful to you. The whole reason I did this recording, even though, like I said, I, I, I'm, 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 not, I'm not worthy of, 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 of this. But if I can help in any way, that's, what, that's all I want to do right now. So please feel free to reach out. If, if there's anything more that you need, any other resources you need, please, again, reach out on Instagram, email us, and we'd love to hear from you and love to support you in any way that we can.